0: I'm starting to think go full-time DevOps. Yeah? No one wants it, man. <laughs> and then you get left alone. You're like, throw it to DevOps. You know, and then is, it's like, let's have a meeting. And we're like, no, no, no. We don't want to meet with DevOps. They just hilarious. bore the shit out of us. <laughs> this is hilarious because
1: uh, when I started working Oh, I hate you, DevOps. Yeah, you're like, I never want to do it. And in fact, you give everyone else the DevOps stuff most of the time. Welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics from the books we're reading to latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I am Nathan Kirschbaum and joining me is... Hey, this is Al Nutilli. Hey, Al. How you doing? Ah, uh, good. Good, good. good. Uh, better, better week this week?
0: Um, no, it's just the illusion of better. <laughs> okay. The project's, slow, you know, like I said, the project's coming to an end and everybody's calm, but yeah, we all know how that goes. Oh man, yeah. It's always calm during the start and,
1: uh, yeah, you been, know, been, and been calm there.
0: towards the end until the real end.
1: Yeah, I feel for you. Yeah. How about you? Uh, you, you know, it's fine. Uh, it's funny, get, get, um, we got out of our sprint cycle a little bit just because oh, yeah. there was some urgent stuff that needed to be addressed, um, and I never liked staying on that like that kind of like urgent yeah like hot fix mode for longer yeah. than a day yeah. uh and it just just required it it wasn't it's it, you know it's fine, nothing's into the world but um but uh yeah, just I'm excited to get back into the normal sprint cycle myself, so uh yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, before we get into things too far, let's just take a moment. I um, wanted to mention and thank our sponsor, uh, PHP Architect. Uh, if you don't know, PHP Architect has been published continuously since 2002. Uh, the magazine is actually the only technical journal dedicated exclusively to the world of PHP. Uh, you can check them out at phparch.com. Uh, uh, they've got all kinds of stuff, trainings, books, the magazine, of course, and um, and just just a lot of a lot of a lot of good stuff. Um, I actually got uh, my magazine in the mail. Uh, I got to get both the digital and the and the magazine version. Um, and it's just nice to have that paper. I I like to read in bed and not have the um, the uh, the light. You know, apparently that's not very good for you. Um, but anyway, that's our sponsor for this show. And um, yeah, let's just jump into news and other happenings.
0: Sure. Uh, at the top of the news is PHP Arc. Uh, they have the cruise they just announced.
1: Oh, so. I heard about that. What so? So this is like a vacation cruise that also includes, uh, well, is it like yeah. a conference, basically?
0: Yeah. I mean, it looks interesting. Um, it's uh, in the 2016, and uh, they had some decent pricing structures and stuff that made it look really doable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it looks really cool. I've never done a cruise. It's a seven-day cruise. Um, so I'm not sure if I'd like it, but it sounds really <laughs> interesting. Know, and it's of, to the Bahamas, so that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know?
0: I but, wonder how long they'll stay at the Bahamas.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the um, I w- they do have a schedule on the website, and it seemed like uh, they definitely have a few days of so it's a seven day th- a seven day trip, but it looked like there were maybe only two or three days of like scheduled conference type days, like we would see yeah. at a normal conference, and then the other four days, just had like huge uh holes in them where probably everyone's on the beach in all these different places. Um, sounds really cool though. I'll keep an eye on it. I don't know if I'll be able to make it, but.
0: Yeah, I'd have to convince the family but maybe I'll try.
1: Yeah, well that's not a bad idea because um, you know, it's a, combining a business trip and a family trip can oh, actually yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> can actually go work out okay. You and you're yeah. All so, right. <clears throat> um let's see. So another thing I wanted to mention though in the news is I, um Can
0: I write off the miles? Is that what you're saying?
1: I don't think you can okay. unless you're driving the boat. All right,
0: sorry. Uh, <laughs> can I touch the handle for 5 <laughs> seconds and then that counts? I don't, know. I
1: don't think so. All right. Um but it you know, it would be fun. You, yeah. You'd have you'd have the best of both worlds. You'd have your your techie geek stuff and then yeah. your family to enjoy yeah. uh for most of the day and the beaches no, and it could be really fun. Uh another thing I wanted to bring up, uh news item I saw. So there's a there's a I believe it's a German company. I'd have to check on that, but auto O T T O um that has like on, online uh retailer and um, they put out an article called "On Monoliths and Microservices," uh, and it's a, it's a you know it's kind of a lengthy article, uh, but it goes over a lot of stuff. Some of the stuff we've we've mentioned before, um, but for those of you who are thinking, like trying to think of where to start or. Uh, what are some of the pluses and minuses of a, mo- of a mono- monolith versus like decoupling? Uh, it's kind of cool. This team uh, started out this project, at least with the intention of decoupling. In fact, they had like four different teams. And so it really like they actually ended up kind of decoupling in a way where they ended up with four separate applications that all interact, um, which is kind of sounds familiar to some of the stuff Alan and I work on. Um, but you know, they, they went through and, and kind of talk about, you know, all kinds of stuff actually from what, wh- where to break these up and what to share to, you know, like the vertical decomposition, distributed computing, sharding, load balancing, like, uh, it really goes into quite a bit of detail. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's, uh, this isn't the only way to do things, but it's an interesting perspective. So we'll include that, uh, in the links as well.
0: So is it like the book we read that started talking about this but more maybe um, practical?
1: Well, y- yeah, it, it's a it's definitely a practical example. Um I think that there were would be some things in this article that um the author of the microservices book and I'm having trouble remembering his name right now, um would would uh question uh yeah. you know, I think um and, and and actually i think a, uh, there's a number of people in the community who would question this as well but like right. uh you know a lot of times it's st- even when you plan to go and have uh like a microservices infrastructure you really w- it's it's actually a good idea to start with a monolith even if you're planning on breaking oh, yeah. that out um yeah. and so this doesn't really do that i mean i guess you could make the argument that they you know their previous system was a monolith and so they've let take lesson learned there and are applying um applying them here uh, but it, it's interesting it's an interesting read
0: all right not as interesting as the circle of death uh which is a very no quick read. yeah it but it's just an image <laughs> so.
1: this is where this is how we know how al was feeling last week no no not at all um i'm
0: avoiding this yeah uh so i just it's always fun to find stuff as you'll see in a lot of my articles that Can show how if we do things right, we don't have to get into the cycle. And getting into the cycle doesn't really, (laughs) it just creates technical debt. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, you know, it's just not a good uh, mindset.
1: Yeah. So for those of you, uh, we'll post this. It's a a, uh, tweet, but we'll put, and we'll of course put this. But for those of you listening. Technical debt
0: equals up late fixing bugs, and then that goes into lack of sleep, and then that goes into sleep debt. And then it goes back up into a paired uh, cognitive function. Which goes up to poor coding and then back around in the circle to technical debt again. Yeah. It's just a vicious cycle yeah. that some it's of the so ar- other articles I link to is, is yeah. I think, uh, appropriate.
1: Yeah, it's so true. Um,
0: yeah, and it's, it's hard as a developer because sometimes I think we, we become the, the uh, we be- I don't know how to say it nicely, but basically we become the solution to poor planning. So, you know, oh, there's this area of an unknown, they'll just, you know, get it done. Right. And that means usually working late, not sleeping, uh, and then doing all the other
1: stuff, you know. Right. So. Yeah, totally. Um, The next article I wanted to discuss, um, uh, it's called uh, Production Support and Scrum. So this... This has been bugging you. Yeah. So, well, this is just... (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Right. Sorry, <laughs> no um, so this is just an article um we actually um recently uh, you know our teams have been growing um and we've we've recently been kind of integrating a scrum, uh, kind of a more dedicated Scrum Master into our workflow. Um, yeah, no, and I think it's going to be, it's already been helpful, but it's going to be really helpful as time goes on. Um, but one of the things that we're coming to realize, in addition to just like the normal stuff, is that as these apps grow and as our team grows, uh, it, it really is difficult to deal with support uh, because you're... You know, it's it's kind of hard to plan what's going to come up and what you need to focus on in your sprint. Um, and then if you but if you don't take that into consideration and you're just you know, you've got your team of three or four people working on, uh, you know, stories in the sprint. Uh, but then things come up, like, how do you handle that? And how do you deal with handling it across three or four products when, um, you know, there's not, at least at present time, we don't have a dedicated support team. It's kind of like the developers are dealing with this. Um, and so this, this article is just kind of some thoughts on how to, uh, how to do it with, with, and keep in, keep in within the kind of, um, the goals and the, the spirit of scrum. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll put this in the links as well.
0: Yeah, no, it be interesting to read. I didn't get to this one. So how did they deal with issues coming up, which you can never really plan for? Yeah,
1: it's tough. Like, um, and All right, that's it, not a good answer. <clears throat> no, I know it, it. Yeah, it's not. I think, you know, the, I, I think it's unique. Like it really depends on your str- the structure of your scrum, the size yeah. of your team, uh, and how you interact with like the you know the business owners, and also how the support comes in, right? So, you know, in our case, it's like we sometimes we have live support, um, sometimes we get things via email, right. Right. or you know, and so part of it is kind of like creating a process uh, and a f- and a funnel. Uh, which seems obvious, right? But it's just stuff we we haven't formalized yet. Um, you know, j- just the, just you know, forget like who's gonna who's gonna be doing it. But even the th- yeah. fact that like we have information coming in from live chat, from emails, from you know, uh, you you might use Zendesk or whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, or you could just get you know, you might even get for, you know, there's customers, but then there's also people yeah. on Slack that are pinging you saying like, hey, does this work? Or that work? You know, and, and so it's easy to like. You know, gets for things to get lost and not get prioritized, or not have the whole team know about it. So I think the main thing is like having a process in place. Um,
0: Yeah, but how about time allocation? It's like, hey, the sprint's full, everybody's allocated. Oh, here's this huge bug. What do we do? Right,
1: right. You know, yeah. And I think like the ideal goal is that we're prioritizing um, these these support requests or bugs in a way where, um, you know we're really only needing to respond to urgent ones in, in the sprint. Um, And then I think the ideal, you know, like we also get a a number of requests that are like not, don't necessarily need to go to the, to like the most technical developer. It's more kind of like someone's just not familiar with the product or maybe even hasn't read the documentation that is put into the product. So it's kind of just pointing them into the right direction and stuff. So, you know, you want to set up, uh, you want to set up proper channels so that like, You know, I'm not bugging you when I don't know the answer to something, um, but it's not a major issue, you know, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, So we don't have all the answers figured out yet, and I'm not sure (laughs) that this um, uh, this article doesn't solve everything. I just found it to be interesting.
0: All right. Um, All right. So this is another uh, one like the one I had before, where you know, what are Um, You know how to be productive and it it definitely is not up to like just work more hours, right? So they show some points on you know, what do they call it ten points like, you know giving up procrastination all these things that can actually be good Um, work less struck my attention because Again, it's not always about putting in more hours It's about you know, sometimes you're more efficient when you're working less because then you're more focused Mm -hmm. uh, with those less hours It's easy to work ten hours and, and and feel like you're doing a lot, but you're really probably less efficient. Yeah. Stop saying yes is another one that's that a big I, one I do too well at. Um, but basically, yeah, just step back and and really think about it before you say yes, um, and, and so forth. Um, and so, let's see if there's any others. Um, I didn't like the email in the morning <laughs> one. So so things like that. Um, it, it's just some good points, but it actually led to. <clears throat> Another article for four elements of physical energy and in, in how to master them. In in that was like about you know things like meditation or reading or napping and those little things that we uh, culturally or just sometimes whatever forget could could have value uh, yeah. in our day and, and save us time
1: because uh, we become more efficient. The napping part sounds really good.
0: Yeah, and it's I remember Salvador Dali. One of his books he he wrote uh, he didn't write it but it was written about him. He, he was quoted as. He would take a nap, put keys in his hand, and the moment you know he he napped, the keys would drop out of his hand and hit a plate. Not not, yeah. I think the yeah, and it, you know the noise would wake him up, and that was his impression of a long enough nap. It, it was an interesting you know huh. concept. Yeah. So and they talk about it here um, as well. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's just you know they say there's like three principles uh, health. Um, uh, in, in sleep, and uh, in, in I forget the other one. Mm-hmm. But basically, you know, uh, it, it, these are really good things to have in mind to, to stay balanced. It's like it's it's a marathon, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a sprint. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, cool resources. Yeah, the one I didn't like, for this, so there were the, uh, on the first article, the 10 most uh, controversial products you have, so there's one that says, uh, stop visualizing or telling anyone your goals. <laughs> I like that one, actually. <laughs> I, I guess it's a personal thing. Like, I don't, yeah. like you know it, well, one one of the quotes they, they quote like i guess a um uh, researcher at NYU and i'm not you know i'm not so i'm not sure the the uh i haven't i haven't i, I don't know how with this how much this surprised but it's, uh they quote quote this researcher as saying positive fantasies of success drains the energy uh out uh, drains the energy out of ambition uh which is which is interesting like uh, like, I just i don 't know I feel like how can you get where you want to go if you 're not visualizing where you want to be yeah, but
0: why does that have to mean telling people right
1: oh okay, I see what you 're saying well, but see that 's different so like I, I don't i don't have to tell people my goals or tell people my fantasies um but <laughs> but <laughs> yeah please <don't. laughs> but um it, it, this idea that positive fantasies of success drains the energy out of ambition. Maybe they're saying it's draining, draining it from other people. <laughs> I don't know. But, but for <laughs> me, I don't, I, you know, I like to think about like what could happen or yeah. what might be, you know, like, uh, yeah, I guess cool. I read it different. Like just, yeah.
0: you know, sometimes you throw ideas out out there and people just kind of don't get it. And you spend more energy trying to convince them instead of just thinking about it and making it happen.
1: No, it's a good point. So, um, um
0: all right, you. What's the? Uh, oh, the next one looked really good.
1: Yeah, Viewstrap. So this is a um, this is basically a Bootstrap implementation with Vue, but um, it's built with Pure Vue JS. So it's 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 Bootstrap Bootstrap components. Yeah. Built with Pure Vue JS. No jQuery. Uh, no, I don't believe so. All right, cool. And and so um, uh. I haven't checked it out that much, but it's looking cool. They, I have been working with you more. I, yeah, we've mentioned well, it's it it's part of spark. It's part of spark. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and which was actually really helpful to look at how, um, Taylor chose to architect things, uh, because the pro- one of the problems with Vue, and you mentioned this, I don't know if it's a problem, but one of the P features slash maybe people call this a problem with Vue is that it's, um, it, it's super flexible and that it, it doesn't, uh, it, it seems like there's no the opinions on you, right, you know? exactly. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do the same thing. Yeah. Um, you can you can set things up in the same in one big file. You can break it up into multiple files, and you know yeah. people have best practices out there. But there's I don't think that there's like a at least as of yet there hasn't been like a settled community best practice. Like when you're using Vue, do it this way. Yeah. Um, you know uh, so. So it's, to, so so to me, it was just nice to see like what another uh, uh, another developer and a well-respected developer in the community who's been doing awesome things, how yeah. he chose to set it up, and um, you know, so that that's been nice. But then no, I, then I saw this great. too, this Vue yeah. uh, strap, yeah. and um, and they, they, there's actually a couple new features that was just released to Vue recently. Um, one is a modal, so that, so now <laughs> you know now there's modal functionality built in. Yeah. Um I can't remember what the other one is but it's it's growing and it's getting better over over the months. I mean I've been using yeah, it for a couple months now. Yeah, it's
0: growing will it then just become angular? Yeah.
1: I don't think so. I mean things right. do it, it does things in a really different way. All right. Maybe yeah. I'll
0: give it a try. I'll I'll pick up Spark again. I, yeah. It was um I was a little bit ahead of the 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 thing there. I think it's uh, is it in alpha still or beta? Yeah, I don't
1: know. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would recommend using it for I mean it depends. I'm I am using it for one of my uh SAS ideas. And I, that may bite me. I don't know because I'm sure it's going to change a lot. It's it's actually awesome, but I can I can see where they've like purposely done things where I, yeah. it's just like I, they I know it's going to change. And uh, there's well, a,
0: they didn't have much documentation either, so you kind of just yeah around
1: yeah Matt Stolfer did that nice deep dive, oh, which was right, super helpful. Right, right. And that's I I would have spent hours on it if if not for right. that. But um even then you know it's like you, you can totally override basically everything and and you can you can run a command that essentially um publishes yeah yeah exactly and then you can edit them to your heart's content the problem is is like the next time that changes oh yeah you're gonna have to go in and hand you know uh well you
0: can just do a diff well yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: so anyway that may or may not bite me i don't know but honestly Mm -hmm. like it would have taken me like two weeks of straight development to get everything i've got out of the box like the teams feature is awesome. Like just, no, just to turn it's it on true. and have the team have, maybe able to like have teams, have users be able to in, create their own teams, invite users yeah. to a team, ma- manage and everything. User doesn't
0: need a membership. Yeah. And, and it's so just, forth. it's great. Yeah, everything's no, it's all,
1: amazing. you know, and like you said, it's not documented, but everything's all, uh, there's a great API for it. Like you just to find out if someone's on a team or not, or to filter by teams. It's just super easy. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. We're getting a little off track yeah. here, but, um, yeah. yeah, no, it's good. Um, All
0: right, the next one is sane, scalable Angular apps, but not impossible. Lessons learned from PayPal. Uh, So enough of uh, (laughs) Vue, or Vue. Angular. Stick with it. uh, (laughs) Stick with it. Angular, you know, uh, it's an interesting article. There's two of them, I think. This is the first one I'll put in, uh, and next one I'll do next time. But basically, some experience from PayPal, the things they did and didn't do. Uh, And I think in the end, you'll see that some of the complexity of Angular is what we bring to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think even though I still enjoy John Papa, uh, his articles, I I still get a sense that they uh, work at such a JavaScript level that they sometimes do things um, a little bit more complex than I would need to in in what is typically a a widget driven or a, a more simple JavaScript application. Yeah. So just reading more and more about these simple ways uh, is interesting. Yeah,
1: I have a feeling like there's quite a bit of controversial stuff here. I mean, I've I'm, I'm yeah. almost through reading the whole thing, but it's um, yeah. I mean, just a few few examples like don't use ng controller. That's not that controversial. Um, don't specify controllers in your routes. Uh, yeah. Probably most make everything a directive.
0: Uh, I've seen that before, though. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, there's a lot of value to just throwing everything around in a directive. It's its own scope. It's its own widget. Yeah uh totally i mean when you show how they call to it in the route you're like holy crap that's cool um right the route just calls to the to the directive
1: yeah right so that's yeah your routes your routes file is really simple yeah. and, and easy and readable yeah. um
0: uh I, you know I'm, my apps are a little bit more simple than this right now but if i had a more complex one i would try this
1: yeah so, that's cool stuff um yeah yeah anything else on this anything else no to it's a it's a worthwhile read All right. Cool. Uh, Um, so one thing I did want to bring up before we move along is there's an article called "Win to mock and it's, um, uh, it's actually, uh, by Adam Watham and it actually plays into, uh, we, we had a little bit of back and forth with Adam after our last podcast where we covered one of his videos. Um, and he, you know, you can check that back and forth out on Twitter, of course, but, um, he sent us a number of resources um, that were really helpful, actually. One of them is this When to Mock. And it's just, you know, I think he wrote this a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago. Um but it's it's just kind of answers that question when to mock um and I won't go into details on it now because we're actually about to uh our main topic today is going to be about another resource that Adam kind of pointed us to, uh which we'll talk about in a minute it's not by adam it's not a video by Adam um it's someone else uh, we'll get to that in a second um but I just wanted to put this here because it's I feel like I'm you know. I've been focusing on this for a while now in terms of like what to mock, when to mock, like how much test coverage to use, what's the right way to test. Um, and this is pretty useful. This is, he tries to kind of simplify a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about over the last few episodes. Um, so you check it out.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to add it to my extra list here. Yep. it's funny is his site looks just like Medium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh... It's nice though. It's simple. Yeah, I mean, it's white, and yeah. it's a nice font. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. All right, and finally, AWS OpWorks. It's an interesting service AWS Amazon offers. I hope to do some write-ups on how to use it with Laravel. Um, yeah. But it, it's been good reading. Their guides yeah. are actually pretty good this time, and uh, I did the demo, and things are going well. Um, yeah. So now we'll throw something real at it shortly.
1: That's really cool. So I um, I just did a little bit of looking into it. So it yeah. looks like it's based uh, – so it's it's essentially like – a pl- like, I don't know, maybe you tell me if this is wrong, but like, to me, it seems like a platform to build your own CI infrastructure that like, but does more than CI. Like it, like it really manages your entire infrastructure and you can build CI into it. Um, yeah. But it's, what is it based on Puppet? Uh, or No,
0: no, it, um, it, you can use Chef to oh, um, right, Chef. To, to do some things. Uh, there's so many recipes and so so many included things. Uh, I would say it's not about CI. Uh, it's more about just, um, Containing stacks that have all of the grouped instances and resources you need to uh, build your application. Mm. Based and then you can have numerous stacks relative to the repository, So you then have, you know, prod, dev, and stage, and the nice workflows like, hey, let's release prod by making a new prod, and, or no, better yet, let's make prod out of stage because it just passed mm-hmm. all the tests, mm-hmm. you know. And then you just roll back. You just put prod into hibernation or whatever. Uh, so that if anything goes wrong, you can even go further than that. You can make stage into prod and then use the load balancer to direct 50% of the traffic to this new prod to or 10% to make sure it's working. Uh, so you just get these great workflows. And, wow. and more importantly, you get these great ways to... Centru- like, to to like every project we do has an SQS, an S3 bucket, an RDS, and blah blah blah. And you're like, holy crap, where is everything? And now everything's grouped in a stack. So hmm. you also centralize all your monitoring, all your reporting, wow. uh, and possibly all your billing in this one area. It, it's it's quite neat. And with Chef, you just get the nice ability to script all of this. Uh, and not that you have to learn Chef, but there's so many recipes out there. Yeah. Um, but you can really build out these uh, these. Um, the you the uniqueness you need to say my to php you right know, uh or whatever yeah it's it's going well that's I great it's gonna be good yeah
1: that's right it sounds really promising because i know in my experience it's like you either need someone that's almost full time to like focus on yeah this kind of stuff yeah. or or you're not doing everything you need to be doing yeah uh, and so it sounds like this is a really awesome tool potentially to help yeah. with that
0: I'm starting to think, go full time DevOps. Yeah? <laughs> no one wants it, man. <laughs> and then you get left alone. You're like, eh, throw it to DevOps. You know, and this it's is. Like, Let's have a meeting. And we're like, no, no, no. We don't want to meet with DevOps. This is they just hilarious. The shit out of us. <laughs> this is hilarious because
1: uh, when I started working oh, with Oh, I hate you, DevOps. Yeah, you're like, I never want to do it. And in fact, you give everyone else the DevOps stuff most of the time. Um, yeah, but but you're changing delegate. your mind on that.
0: Well, because I realize it's like. Uh, it's just, it's just nice. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the bike shed, right? It's, right. uh, nobody knows anything about it. So they're not going to fake talking about it. Right. <laughs> so all those PMs and everybody else are like, uh, go set this up. And, and you're like, great. Meeting's over. Uh, and no one's going to talk about how they feel about something. And, you know, uh, you know, so I'm just starting uh, to realize that you know, our, our buddy, uh, Josh
1: might have a, a little bit of understanding. <laughs> He had it right all along. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Anyways. <laughs> all right. So, for our next section, we are going to talk about feelings. Al was really <laughs> uh really wanted to discuss this. So, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Uh so that's it for our news section. Let's um let's jump into the latest readings real quick just a, a quick uh, quick update on a couple things and then let's get to our main topic. So, let's talk about what Nathan's not reading. Here we go. Go. <laughs>
0: You've been so busy this week.
1: <laughs> I know. No, but I actually have gotten a, a few Great. chapters read. So um, so the book I'm reading is called Ready for Anything, 52 product- uh, Productivity Principles for Getting Things Done. It's by David Allen. Yeah. Um you know, it's not I so I mentioned last time he's got a um he's got his first book, Getting Things Done, which I really enjoyed. And actually that, uh, my brother reminded me after this last podcast, uh oh, just yeah. came out with a new edition. Um so check that out. I would I would actually recommend that book before this one. This one's not bad. It's got good stuff in it, but it definitely isn't as uh awesome as the first book. Um so but just a few things though. I mean, I'll just give you an example of some of the stuff that um that he's talking about here. And it's kind of like, you know, I think that w- one of the things he's getting at in the last few chapters is that, you know, your commitments, and especially your commitments that are um, unknown or not documented somewhere, actually take a tremendous toll on your psyche. And you might not even think that they do. Yeah. Um, but like, not basically not having a system by yeah. which you are sure that you're not missing anything. That's yep. actually taxing on you even when no, you're not I working, you, you know, agree, even man. when you're sleeping. Um, and so if you can, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can come up with systems of making sure that nothing falls through the the, the, the cracks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you got to come up with something because if you don't, um, it's just going to eat at you. Um, yeah. So, there, so yeah. that, that's been really – that was an interesting thought for me. Um, and this is the guy who wrote "Getting Things Done." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because
0: that's what I got from "Getting Things Done." He's like, you get into a list, get it out of your head. Yeah, exactly. And, and check the list. At a, you have to have you know um, systems. You know, check the list every day, five minutes a day, or whatever, or right. an hour at the end of the week.
1: Yeah, and he, so. you know, he says commitments in your head create stress and failure. Oh, I hate it. You know, oh, it. it's
0: I, like I, my wife doesn't get it, but I put everything into a list or a calendar. Uh, where she's always repeating them to me randomly at certain times of the day I'm like where does this come from why, why are you repeating right. you know, like it's like cuz you know you, if you get these things in a list they get out of your head and you're not just running in circles right uh, with these thoughts
1: yeah and he I mean he also points out that like creativity so we work you yeah. know we we yeah. we need yeah. creativity with with what we do and yeah. that that only shows up when there's space for it and no, it if you're sense. burdened yeah. by all of your commitments because you don't Meeting. have <laughs> because you don't have them Um, kind of clearly put in their place and like out of the way. You can't have that space for creativity. Um. So anyway, um, I'm I'm enjoying the read. Um, like I said, I if you haven't read David Allen before, definitely get his first book, Getting Things Done, first. Um, but this one's fun.
0: Yeah. The um no, it's good. That's good. Um. So for me, I've been reading The Martian. Uh, I take I took a break from um. uh, Um. Uh, estimating and planning and agile Mm -hmm. uh, because now we have a scrum master Mm -hmm. but that book is really key to read for understanding points and in why and how to do the things we're going to be doing more of um so i really do recommend reading it yeah Um, but i'm actually just taking a break from that book and i'm going into the martian and then opworks been reading their guides but the other thing is, um, I think the next book is not going to be a book, but a tutorial, because I want to uh, spend some time just learning like uh, Android development or other languages. Oh, that makes so, sense. Yeah, instead of just reading theories, just uh, yeah. get back to actually you know, building something.
1: That's cool. Um, what, what just curious off the top off the top your head?: Android. Yeah, exactly because I've been I can't thinking about Linux some... on my desktop. <laughs> okay. so I still, you
0: know I've, uh, I think it could be fun to learn Android because it's kind of like Linux. you can hack around, get things up there. Yeah. It's kind of like the web where I can throw it out to you know the Android store or Play Store and I don't have to wait for all these long cycles that Apple has. you know I can load and reload you mm-hmm. know fixes and stuff. yeah. I always felt that was weird with Apple uh, coming from a web background that I have to, like, unpredictable wait time to fix a bug. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, yeah, that's basically the, the things going on right now
1: there. Cool. All right. So let's. Um, <clears throat> You're not going to read The Martian, are you? I don't know. I probably not. Well, I don't even know what it's about. So. Oh, jeez. What is it about? Nothing. All right.
0: <laughs> just google it dude it's like the
1: most popular thing right now all right. Any geek is talking about all right mm-hmm. fine i'll check it out <laughs> jeez all right right after i watch every season of star trek there ever was then i'll no no okay yeah <laughs> just just uh yeah start with the martian okay yeah. um cool so let's let's jump into our main topic um So this, um, I'll give a really quick introduction and then I'd love to get your, get your kind of introductory thoughts out before we jump in. So basically, uh, this is, it's called, um, this is a video. We'll post it online. Of course. Um, it's called the magic tricks of testing by Sandy Metz. Um, it's a, it's from rails conference, uh, in 2013, actually, this was in Portland, I believe.
0: We should start going to these. Oh yeah. The last one. DHH. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah
1: so she of course wrote the the um the uh book practical object oriented design in ruby um which is a huge huge hit um and uh just kind of uh one one of the main books i think you read as a developer um coming up even when even if you don't know ruby honestly i i i'm a little i'm more comfortable with ruby now but um i'm a php developer uh primarily and and i was worried but that book (coughs) was so good um you you know and i was able to follow it It it's very easy to follow uh in terms of the code examples and things like that so um you pick it up right away but anyway we definitely recommend that book this is not that book um but it's a it's a a a, uh conference talk given uh by sandy um yeah, and let's just jump into it. I don't know, Al. Do you want to give kind of a like maybe a quick introduction on lat- like what yeah what, and I what mean, the takeaway it's was? It's Definitely
0: unit testing, uh, and it's definitely showing how to really reduce the um, the surface of, uh, that you're trying to test, so that your tests are very uh, minimal uh, and very accurate, and they're and they're focusing on something that won't uh, change as often. And and when they do change and break, you know it has some meaning, right? Uh, so she did a really good job of of reducing. Uh, how you can think about these things and so forth.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been a huge problem for me, or just like, I don't know if problem, but a challenge yeah. Um, yeah. Th- throughout my career as a developer um, to, to find out like what is enough testing? When are the right times to test? What do you test? Uh, yeah. And there's so much to that. Obviously we've talked about it in the last couple of episodes um, a bit. Um, but, and as I'll mention, this is specifically about uh, unit testing and and you know what sandy does which i which I love is she has a very minimalistic approach to it yeah. um, and I think you know we 'll post a couple of quotes obviously online and um there 's actually a couple she she does a really nice chart where she basically um, you know there 's different kinds of you know so everything's a message right we 're familiar with that where you're you 're either you know sending a message out uh, a message is coming in or you can send messages to yourself too, right? So when you're doing yeah. unit cl- testing, you're really isolating a single class and you're kind of looking at that class as a as a concealed single entity. Um, now things can co- go in and out of that. Um, and I think her point is primarily that like, you need to focus for for this level of testing for unit testing you want to focus on the peripheral the in and and what you know you want to focus on the message and what's coming in and what's going out yeah. as it relates to uh that specific class um and if you're doing things in your test that care about the inners of what's going on inside of that class you're doing something wrong um and you're making yeah. your class Uh, fragile and brittle and hard, you know, hard to change, uh, which is the exact opposite of what you want to do. Now, there's, of course, an exception to that, which is, and Al's talked about this before, which is, you know, because it used to drive me nuts. Like I'd work with with folks who uh, would basically take private methods and make them public just just yeah. for tests just for the sole purpose of tests um, yeah. and i don't mind doing that with getters and sitters uh, setters and getters oh, yeah. right like that's yeah. fine if you need that for your test no problem but I, but i but i you know i've worked with folks who will make an, an entire method public just because they want to be able to test that individually um and what really what it's doing is it's opening up Uh, that class for uh trouble down the road and uh so you know al's mentioned this before but sandy also brought it up again here um you know if you need to be doing if it helps you to uh write tests to to do kind of a more complicated internal method that's 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 private or protected um it's totally fine to uh start writing your tests um and And there are different. there are actually ways now that you can get in, get to those private and public or sorry those public yeah. and protected methods without even turning them public but even but but even then you shouldn't be doing that. Um, the point is you can test those things if you feel you need to in order to get get it developed in the first place um, yeah. but they really should be thrown out afterwards um, because they're yeah, just yeah. they're just making the uh, the the application more brittle
0: yeah i mean it's good, it's a great way to think things through, but you 're right you can easily throw them out. Yeah, and uh, she- It's interesting how she, she breaks this down into queries and commands. And, and if you really think about everything so simply, it's queries and commands are what you're testing.
1: Yeah, so let's give an study. example of that. What-
0: well, she says a query does not change anything but returns something. And a command changes items and it does not return anything.
1: That makes sense. Uh,
0: so, yeah, and she, she has some examples. I did not write those down. Um, but she, you know, with those two types of assertions to consider you can then you know really uh easily cover uh the one private uh, sorry the one public method taking incoming messages right and see how it reacts
1: yeah so i guess an example let's just see if i can come up with an example real fast like a query would be like you call you you basically say like there's a calculate price function on your on your class and all it does is it takes it basically takes two values and or take, it it takes an array of values, adds them up, and adds tax into it, and gives you a price yeah, back. So right? inside of
0: there might be a private method to calculate tax, and another method to do the calculation of the two plus two or whatever, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah that makes sense and you but nothing is changing you're not you're not saving to a database you're just it's a query you're just you're just sending a message that says hey what about this stuff and you're getting a response back that gives you an answer that's it
0: where the command would be like you're saying you're actually saying go make this new user and it's just doing it on the database yeah you want to make sure um that it's that it's um that it has the proper uh, side effects,
1: so that's interesting so so we mentioned that there's three types of messages right we've got incoming sent to self and outgoing messages when we're talking about you know that she yeah. she calls it a spaceship, but because of the the graphics that she uses she's like representing yeah. uh, re- representing this class, but it's just a class right and yeah. so um how would you handle that i guess how would you handle that differently so let's just talk with the incoming message which you know we've got so we've got a request that's you yeah. know either a query saying like make this calculation or a command saying update this stuff yeah. like what um you know like how do you go about testing those right i mean
0: for me i it, you know the message is easy uh, as, as a query because the query is just saying like you said it's a calculator so Get you just this you just here. assert the results yeah on the command uh, i think that's you know there's great examples in, in in Laravel documentation for testing it's like you can do, and you know I forget that syntax, but basically and database should have one more user, and the user should have this you know thing right, so you can easily just check that the uh, the effects happen as you expected
1: right so um
0: you- I don't know if she would be she did mention database not being uh, overly horrible to hit, you know right um so uh. You know, you, you could assert that the proper effects happened at that point.
1: Right. And I think that's what makes sense, asserting that – there, uh, she would say – she says in her chart, assert direct public side effects. Yeah, um, yeah. So that makes sense to me. Um Cool. And, and, and she's just
0: ignoring the self-to-self. I mean, uh, you know, self, you don't yeah. care that the tax method does something in particular. You just care about the results of that tax method that – you know, is private. Right. Right. So just keep throwing stuff at the uh, incoming and assert the results are what you expect. And you know that it's working. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: I think it's
0: interesting because it's really, um, I think in some ways it really pushes you to write small methods even more.
1: Yeah. that That makes sense. um, uh, that is another thing that's bothered me in the past, though, different times is like, I hate it when I'm, you know, like, you're not actually changing. And this goes back to the point, right, of like, uh, you test the interf- interface, not the implementation. Um, and, you know, what that means is like, if the public API says, like, get price, right? Like, Who cares how, like what you care about is that you get an accurate price. You don't care if like, like as a consumer of my API and whether that means you're a developer just consuming a, a, a package or whether you're actually using an API, like a, like a restful endpoint, it doesn't matter. Like this is all, it's all the same. Like as the consumer of that API, I just care that it's accurate. I don't care if you used one method or 10 methods. Um, And as another developer who maintains something with you, um, w- that makes it easier for us because what we care about is what comes out. So if we need to go refactor that, it actually gives us the room we need. Um, and, uh, you know, the whole point of tests, right? Or to give us some, uh, to give us some confidence in that refactoring. Yeah. Right. And yeah. what we don't want to do is like as a developer, who's helping you out on a project, I don't want to come in and like make one little change and suddenly like 10 tests broke. But like, wait a minute, my API is still returning the right results, but all these tests are breaking. Like, and now I got to go deal with all this stuff. So it's kind of like you're coupling yourself or chaining yourself to this implementation. That's not even public. It doesn't even make yeah. sense. You know, it doesn't make sense. That helped yeah. bring it home for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and and that's we've seen that before you know tests are breaking we don't even know why they're there anymore yeah uh, it, you know becoming more uh, you know making more effort to delete tests just get rid of them right if they really don't have value right um, so uh, so the incoming sent to self and then finally outgoing she skips the whole query thing um, yeah because it's not going out uh, but uh, you know she has the command. Uh, and you can just mock it to expect to send. Um,
1: well, even that, even for the query, she, she, okay. So yeah, right. That's yeah. on the command side. The query, she does nothing because the assumption, yeah. right. And this, her point here is that um, if if you're doing testing the way you're supposed to, um, yeah. it's duplicate someone else, you know, so like you're, yeah. if you're doing right. a query right. to another class, that's, so it's an right. outgoing query, that other class already has a test yeah. for it.
0: So, well, and, and you're taking care of that in the top row where it's, what's my incoming assert the results. Right right so yeah yeah um but the expect to send is just her uh mocking that particular method to say it should be hit once right uh like you know our class should send this to the queue and then we're just testing it we're not testing the queue we're just testing it actually made it right um that's exactly it yeah um yeah so that you know and you're not so yeah that could work there Uh, Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how you would test that. She had a Ruby, I think maybe she was testing a public method or private method. I forget. I thought in her example she was testing a private method.
1: This is the expect to send outgoing? Command? Yeah, in
0: yeah, I think she was. Um um uh, I forget. I just remember you can yeah. do that in Ruby and I think you can now do it in PHP, but yeah. I I, th- I wonder if there's a better way.
1: I think um, you can This would just be a mock, right? Like this would you just this is just a, a mock object that like expects yeah, you to call but it doesn't mock
0: objects don't like to to uh they can't mock a private method. Um so uh it would be tricky. <laughs> um, so if you had a class with a private now send a queue and you're like I just want to make sure it gets there. Uh, that's why I was using saying public, I, I don't know. It's a tough one. I forget what she did. Um, and I know we can replicate it in PHP. I just forget what she chose there. Yeah. Um, but she was just making sure it made it that far and that's all she was concerned about. Yeah. Which yeah. was cool. Um, all right. And I think, uh, she also links to some other stuff to help, uh, auto magically, um, deal with, uh, You know, making sure your stub stuff doesn't get out of date and so forth. Exactly. interesting to look into, right?
1: Because the mock is really a double; it plays a role. But the the part the part that's really hard, right, is when you get out of sync when you're when you. I think she she called it minimizing
0: all of that by just not focusing on anything. You're
1: minimizing it, but there's like you're gonna have API drift. That's what she called it, and Mm. and you know keeping that, yeah. Making it so that both your API, like your real API, and your mock objects are basically I don't you know I don't know how I don't I don't know the best way to do it yet I gotta look into this more but she she mentioned some tools for ruby I would love to see if there's some of those for php um but but also just making sure that um you know both of them both of those uh are are adhere to a certain interface, right? Where there's um, yeah. there's certain expected um, you know there's certain expected methods. Um, and actually, one of the things I'm excited about with PHP seven, and I haven't thought about this too much, so oh, I could yeah. be mistaken, is you can actually it, so you can do two additional things. PHP seven does two additional things that are super potentially super helpful for this. Is you can um, exp- you, you can type hint um, for starters. So you, yeah. so and that's on the incoming. Uh, you know, incoming. So you can say like, I'm only going to take an integer uh, in this particular scenario. Um, But the other thing you can do is you can actually type in, I forget exactly what they call it, but you can essentially type in the response um, so that, um, if you're if you if I if I was to create a method that didn't turn return the right type of response it's going to yeah. throw an error so it could never you know you're not it, and PHP will throw an error um, so you're basically creating a method where any implementation of that method has to return a certain type of response mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of locked into that contract so oh. uh, just a thought but it could be really
0: cool that'd be interesting to see yeah um, all right no it's a good it's a good uh watch uh as, as you you know just try to simplify your testing totally yeah it's still it's still hard it's a tough one to grasp i think you just got to keep doing it
1: yeah yeah all yeah right. and thanks again to adam Watham for um oh for yeah pointing this out to yeah. us awesome yeah
0: that was cool uh all right so we'll uh i think that's all on our list um you know, basically keep, uh, keep working on uh, writing uh, reviews on iTunes. Uh, follow us or, you know, retweet some of our tweets on Twitter. Uh, and that all helps out a lot. Yeah. And in our website, developershangout.io, feel free to comment
1: on a show. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you all next time. Thank you.